sticking together better than the San Francisco 49ers. We are the Capeless Crusaders. I'm going home. (laughs) Dang. Too soon. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. That was it. Over the mic. That was David Barry getting punched by the That was hashtag domestic violence. (laughs) And not how you would think either. Um, Which actually the NFL speaks out against on commercials. So way to perpetuate the stereotype and the norm, sweetheart. I'm stealing Matthews. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Anyway, like I said, we are the Capeless Crusaders. My name is David Barry at dr Barry on varying social medias. To my left. That's me. <laughs> I gotta figure out my right and left. This is uh, the Jamie Burgess on. Actually, I think it's my email address. I think it's just Jamie Burgess <laughs> on... at gmail.com. J- hey, that's actually my email address. So sh- quiet. Uh, <laughs> so I got um, Jamie Burgess on Instagram, Jamie Burgess on Facebook, and the Jamie Burgess on Twitter. Okay, okay one of them is. is the Jamie Burgess. All right. Hey, guys. <laughs> He just lied to us most of the time. <laughs> Hi, Jamie Burgess. Yeah. Uh, this is Drew McClintic at JamC on everything because I got my shit together. <laughs> nice. Mm, on fleek. Uh, trying out for running back for the San Francisco 49ers. The Azorian one, Anthony Steves. Dude, your knees cannot handle that. Stop it. This one. T <laughs> What are you doing on his knees? Hey, Nothing. Tom. Tom, you're to uh, Steve's left. You're to my so left. Can you go. Go ahead. Oh, uh, this is Tom at Tall Dark Not Ugly on everything. On everything. On everything. Every day, all day, every day. 365, baby. Right now, today, tonight. To his left. Um, disappointed that Jimmy Graham got picked up by the Seattle Seahawks. I am the Mad Piper on most things, except for Twitter. That Mad Piper. Wonderful. And Who's your team again? The Broncos? And in the background, uh, controlling he- all the things. Heating up uh, some DiGiorno's. In the wood stove that we have, uh, and the brick fireplace that we on the fourth we, floor, on the fourth floor, of uh, the fourth floor, in our hall dining, I don't know, <laughs> our hall of dining, uh, in the hall, hall of, of justice, using just one of our chimneys. We're eating a dragon right now. That's what we're doing. He's cooking up some dragon. Uh, DiGiorno's dragon, same thing. We have. <laughs> Existential, calm down, uh, whatever his thing is. Romeo and Juliet. Romeo, existential Juliet. Calm, calm down, Mercutio. <laughs> Capulet warning. Want <laughs> <laughs> Shakespearean up in this bitch? Mm. Um, Curtis Fisher. Shakespeare love. Curtis Fisher. On the ones and twos. Curtis That's the ones and twos and the the, the T's and I's. Tickling the ivories, old Curtis Fisher. <laughs> Lips and the teeth and the tips of the whatever. Tip of the tongue at the top of the, the teeth. Oh my god! <laughs> Longest intro this show has had. And you know, Tom, I haven't actually gotten to see you in probably about four or five months. Oh, I know, dude. I miss it's been you. A long time. Aww. it's good to see you. I haven't seen you in such a long time. Yeah. My my tough mother buddy, I miss you. Yeah, my knees still feel it. And over here we go around the horn. <laughs> now around the, the horn. Stomach. Suggest that we go around the table, round robin fashion. Oh, now, round robin is another thing that involves going around. I see. Uh, when we go around the horn, Even we describe what comic books we have been reading in the last two weeks. Because we had a nice little break, oh. vacation. We went to Bahamas. It was fantastic. Yeah. We so, went to go take over another country in our. We are conquest. heroes, not villains. We're not Doctor Doom. We're conquesting. The world in, from our castle. We're okay. conquesting the world. Let's keep it together. Conquesting the world. Who wants to start with what they read this week? I'll go. Okay. I read a little book called Descender. 
Mm. I did too. <laughs> it's a good one. I didn't. And nameless. Did I get a chance to together? And Odyssey. Odyssey was okay. Okay. That. To the right. <laughs> Tom, what'd you read? Around. Uh, I kept reading Sandman, so I'm still reading that right now. Sweet. Which book are you on? Uh, I can't tell. They're all digital, but it's the point where everyone, is it still all the endless, have met up first. Oh, they don't give you numbers on digital. No, apparently, not. I'm reading that one so too. You're not in volume one anymore. Okay, it, no. okay so, so there's like a folder, and then there's this like not one through nine, like ten through seventeen. I'm at one where it's like a book by itself that just says like I forget the name of it, but then it's just when Destiny brings everyone together, and yeah. they're talking about like great events that shall come. You skip to seven. Did, um, well, yeah, you know what? <laughs> it's not in our library? Nope, Sandman's not in our library? I don't think nope. so. The Library of Justice? I no. acquired it from a recent quest that I was conquering in the, the land down south Dude, here. Tom, do you understand verbs, man? Because you just don't know how <laughs> I they... I do not understand the verb. There I do not conjugate. <laughs> I just say, do do the run. I went for to, to go to I father, but... <laughs> All right, Steve, what have you been reading? Jesus. <laughs> This episode is hopeless. I forgot. No. Um, I, I read volume one of Walking Dead and currently started volume two of Walking Dead. Um, differences from the show, uh, still something I find exciting. That you know, Enjoy the show, enjoy the book. It's black and white. Black and white. Uh, you black don't white. like the show? I like them both. I do like them both. I like both. It's just the different stories. I mean, I am enjoying it. Um, it's. I got to find a way to buy the, is it called the compendium? The, is that what it's called when it's all together? It's expensive though, yeah. so I'm only have only have own, own volume one and I two. I think right sometimes they call it omnibus. Um, omnibus. See, what's gonna happen is it, by the time you buy all the trades, it's gonna equal. You would have saved money by buying the compendium, but it's a ridiculous amount of it's money for the compendium. Big, it's big. It's a, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. That's what I'm reading. <laughs> Sandman will be next. Large volume two. Drew, what have you been reading? This is from two weeks ago, but uh, Spider-Gwen number one finally came out. Yeah. Um, it was a continuation of Edge of Spider-Verse number two. Uh, it was really good to be back in the world where she came from, and they even acknowledged the whole Spider-Verse um, crossover event that they had. Uh, and I had a local artist, Newligan, uh, did a... Was that? I commissioned a sketch cover of Spider-Gwen number one, and it was the one that he put on Instagram, so I was really excited when I got it. It's pretty cool. Hashtag nice. newly. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I have a question for you about Spider-Verse real quick. Okay. So they ended it already. Right quick. It, yeah. Are they rebooting it for the whole, did you see the Marvel previews? Are they bringing back Spider-Verse? I don't think, I, I saw a map online of like all the worlds that they're bringing into the Secret Wars thing. Secret right. War, Secret War Secret World. Wars. Yeah. Battle World. Battle, Battle World. World. Yeah. I didn't see anything Spider-Verse related. No. But I think, I but I think they're bringing in the, some of the characters. Yeah, there, oh, there was a okay. thing marked Spider-Island, so I don't know if it's like the Spider-Island event that happened or Probably. if it's going to be like where all the spiders from that would be the Spider-Verse come in. Spider-Island. No, no, no. Ron Weasley couldn't handle it. Good good one, Tom. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm bringing the reference, you know what I'm saying? I'm appealing to that, that Hogwarts audience expansion conquest all those people that still remember he's, Harry Potter. he's conquesting england right now he's conquesting all over <laughs> I it i am i am holiday well, boy and i went ahead and uh i read a ninja turtles storyline um nightfall no it was it was 2013 okay um 
So city, city fall, <laughs> nightfall, city fall. City fall. Was, yeah, nightfall is more of a Batman sort of thing. Skyfall. Don't bring that up. City fall was what it was. Um, it was pretty fun. I think the uh, animation's pretty good, um, or the not animation artwork. There you go. The artwork's pretty good. <laughs> um, writing is okay, but uh, a little cheesy. They say Calabunga. But it's they don't. It's actually much darker than you would uh, really? you would imagine. Yeah. Do they still eat pizza? Yeah, they eat pizza. They Who eat pizza. doesn't? Uh, but it's actually pretty cool because they had um, Shredder kidnapped Leonardo, Whoa. brainwashed him, Whoa. and turned him against his brothers. Oh. Uh, it, was well, fun, it, was, it was really good. No, it was, it was um, Leonardo un, uninhibited. Steve really does Steve's lay the smack down on his brothers. Good, so it's clean pretty, fun. He, does, he doesn't it's like this, good. this depth. When it's the turtles, yeah. <laughs> That's what I read. Okay. Um, so... I read, a, I read a lot of stuff, but there's only one I really want to talk about. Um, I read COWL, which is uh, stands for the Chicago Organized Workers League. Um, COWL is a comic book about in the 60s when um, there was the labor movement in Chicago. There was the teachers union. There was a labor union. Why wouldn't there also have been a superhero union? Um, and so basically we should see the trials and tribulations of a superhero union who work with the police force um, and the issues they have. But... You know, my dad used to tell me stories in their oil refinery. If a if a guy would go to the bosses instead of talking to the union members, they'd take him out behind the shed and beat the shit out of him because you know they keep it within the union. And so similarly, in uh, in Cowell, if you you know if you if you're a scab for the bosses, uh, a superhero with laser beams blows a hole in your chest and carves scab into your forehead and leaves your body in an alleyway. Wow. Yeah, it is super good. <laughs> so it just about, sounds amazing. Basically, imagine like any issues that a union would ever have, but have superheroes with it. What about bureaucracy? Oh God, totally. Yeah. There's all the like po- vigilantes out there. Oh, it's just like politics oh, behind it. You can't do that. Yeah, there, because so basically, we're the superheroes. Yeah. Well, and so what happens is the the city wants to disband the union, and mm. basically what the leader of the union does is he goes to the supervillains who haven't been coming out as much. Like they they've been coming in plain clothes, and he's like, "We need supervillains again," so they want superheroes again. So it's kind of like oh. he, he, he builds a situation to make the union be successful again. Oh, okay. But he's he's kind of that hero that wants to have villains so he can be a hero. <laughs> Yeah. So it's creating it's, his own problems. It's super good. And the artwork is really good, too. It's a really good comic to read. And, of course, it's by Image. <laughs> I've become like an Adam Sandler thing. <laughs> Go to the back of the boat. Anyway. What up, Drew? So some really quick news. I didn't know we were all going to be here, so I didn't account for that kind of time thing. Yeah, today the trailer for Daredevil dropped, the Netflix series. With Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. As Kingpin. As Kingpin. He looks good. He looks good. It's amazing. I hope he didn't gain too much weight for the role, though. I don't want him to die. It looks a lot better than Gotham. It doesn't. He doesn't look like the Kingpin that we might be familiar with. You mean like the 10,000-pound ninja? Yeah, the big guy. Um, you mean Michael Clark Duncan? Yes. Right. You mean the, the mountain? <laughs> oh. uh, so I watched it today. It was. It looked. I was excited. It I haven't got a chance to watch it. There's no April 10th. Yes. April 10th. But what I'm excited about is that it's literally like it's not like hey, there's a premiere. Here's the first episode. It's Netflix. So it's like hey, here's every here's here's the season. Yeah. Don't expect to do anything. <laughs> watch it that day. <laughs> did anybody else get a chance to watch it? Hmm. I did. Yeah, I watched it. It was pretty awesome. It looks like it's. Um, yeah, does good. It does justice to the character. It looks, it looks good. Sure. Yeah, 
Ja, ingen penge nok. Pink, vi har flyvende psykologer. Ah, shit. Der har jeg flyvende. Ah. Hey, I heard that guy in the red was blind. <laughs> Kingpin, I would expect to be a little more chiseled. Maybe. What was he supposed to be? Like all muscle, like pure, but right. huge. But like he's bulky. just a yeah. gigantic muscle right. ball. This guy's not quite as broad as I would would have. It's I don't, I don't think I don't think they're going like the whole like martial arts route. Just had him as the crime kingpin. Yeah, because like, at one point the kingpin's the head of the hand, and it's like, why is why is he a ninja? But. <laughs> Why isn't he a ninja? Why isn't he a ninja? Maybe he is a ninja. He is initiated. So, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, so we didn't have an episode. But they did. Um, they revealed the shots of uh, what's her name, Michelle. Gulia. You were just ben- Benoist. Benoist. You just Thank said, you. It's not Michelle, is it? Is it? No. It's what Melissa is it? Benoist, Melissa. Right? My bad. See, Melissa. Melissa Benoist as a, a Supergirl. <laughs> We swear we know how to read. No, I'm not. That's the problem. When that happens, just do the old Benoist. Uh, <laughs> Costume looks a little dark. She looked good. Wanting, moving on. Here we go. Super. The suit looked good. She's what's, gonna love her. What's our next segment, Drew? Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag catching on. Nervous segue. I'm gonna go sit with Curtis Steve. for a while. <laughs> we have everyone Peace here. Out. He quits the show. So we um, are going to talk about a, a good old time classic. Actually, I don't even know when it came out. To be honest with you, <laughs> but, uh, it's not as old as it's it was. not as old as Last the artwork year. would say. But ninety six, uh, ninety six. Okay, uh, <laughs> Kingdom Come mm. by Mark Wade and Alex Ross. Uh, guys, oh. and, uh, yeah, circa DC Comics, nineteen ninety six. Drew had that written down for me. Good job, guys. Good it. job. So Kingdom Come from DC Comics. Uh, Mark Wade, who some of us know from like Irredeemable. And uh, Daredevil, his run on Daredevil is fantastic. And then Alex Ross being the quintessential artist that looks like he probably wrote, you know, he drew in the golden age, yet he's like 35. Yeah. Um, if you ever saw artwork that you were just like, oh, neat, it's a photo, but it wasn't, that was Alex, Alex Ross. Ross. Yeah, basically. This comic also, of course, being dedicated to Christopher Reeve. Oh, I didn't know that. That's nice. I didn't know that either. Is it inside the front cover? Should I open the front cover and see that? Let's see. Was that on the digital issue? Oh, Dedicated to Christopher oh, Reeve. Oh, look at that. Who makes us believe that a man can fly. Wow, that's really touching. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I don't think the original book was. It's probably the reprint. Because yeah, he was probably alive. Because he was alive then. still in 96. Hey, Red Pen. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote it, you know, but it also inspired. Um, it also inspired movies like Unbreakable. Oh, yes. Did small it? quid, yes, small did. fact, small factoid. Oh, that's cool. So, so yeah, so Kingdom Come um, exists in, in an alternate, we, we, you know, we assume, not canon timeline um, of the DC universe. That, um, It'd be amazing if it was, though. Yeah. Uh, it's in the, the not-so-distant future with uh, varying uh, issues have occurred on our planet. Superman is not, nowhere to be found. Batman has retreated to his cave and just has robots. It's a, it's, it's a dark time on our planet. For superheroes and people like, uh, there's they're like the children and grandchildren of superheroes running amok and doing whatever the hell they want and destroying stuff and because so they can because so they can because they're superheroes they're unchecked yeah yeah kind of like I, you know just the same thing I just said about Cal it's like they're just they're just heroes and villains to be heroes and villains they're not really they don't really serve a purpose they don't have that moral compass yeah the moral compass being Superman so uh, which that's a lot to put on one man's shoulders yeah. See, uh, you're staring at me right now, but that was uh, that was concise. Done. <laughs> Somewhat mic. There was a mic drop there. That was a mic stand drop. <laughs> that was the tip of a mic stand drop. Red pen. <laughs> that was just the, the clippy thing for it. The cl- yeah. So, uh, 
I think this is like <laughs> DC's. Like, I know Civil War came out later, but this kind of struck me. We read Civil War before we read this. Struck me as the same like overall type thing where superheroes and villains are split against each other. Um, you've got you've got of course the originals, Superman and Wonder Woman. Uh, you have the the youth, the youths. <laughs> the youngins, uh, the youngins. younglings. What did you just say? Because <laughs> Vinny, he knows. Utes. Sorry, guys. Um, and you have then in the middle, you have Batman and his crew, which I believe involved Oliver Queen as well. Yeah, Batman. Uh, he had Oliver Queen. Um, they had Lex Luthor had control of Shazam. Which I think um, for Halloween, Stephen Amell should dress up as old Oliver Queen from Kingdom Come. That'd be hilarious. Bald. Other than that, it looks the same. <laughs> But yeah, so there's there's like a bunch of heroes and villains that kind of uh, took to the other side, disagreed with um, Superman and his um, aged uh, morals and values. Um, yeah, but I'm really on. the oh, go for it. you go for it. No, do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you hang up. You no, hang you up. Did. You for, you first. Kisses. <laughs> the first thing that Android Notepad thought was an interesting <laughs> thing was. That there was like a bit of a slightly future dystopian thing where it was there was a yearning backwards for knots where there are no superheroes, but back when there were benevolent superheroes. Right. Which normally in stories you see like, man, I wish there were no people with superpowers that would make the earth a whole lot better or that make things easier. Instead, they're just like, I wish we had Superman back, which I don't feel like I've ever read a story quite like that where right. they wish they had. The way it they was. They didn't know they had it so good. Right. And then... The cool thing about this one, too, and this was about what, six months ago. I read it already now, so I'm a little foggy on it doesn't take place um, through the point of view of any of the actual superheroes. Right. It's, a, it's a priest. Norman yeah? McKay. Norman McKay. Spectre. Is it a Spectre that comes and uh, takes him yeah, through? Spectre yeah. is kind of like a tour with him. Right. Kind of takes him on a tour of what, he's, what he's things scrunch. are going on. and uh, Yeah, so it's kind of a neat take on, on explaining the, the world that in the condition that it's in and, and a, a cool vehicle to kind of get around the story. Well, can I touch a little bit of that or nope. No, you're not allowed to. Okay, cool. Yes, uh, Tom. Well, um, the specter, you know, as God's judge, God's, you know, vengeful spirit. Uh, I mean the, the cool weird experience is that you're brought in with a human, um, who's like an outsider that hasn't been a player in the DC universe. Um, and so you're given the point of view from someone that's supposed to be unbiased because, the, we, the reason why the specter is there is supposed to give this judgment uh, of who's at fault, the humans or the superhumans or the metas, you know, whatever. And so, it, you know, the, the reader has to have this entire, like, unbiased feeling. And, you know, Superman in the end has to kind of make the decision as well. So it's really it's a really cool experience for any reader from any age reading books and comics. Well, and it's also it's a fantastic view into what would happen if the superheroes um, basically continued on the paths they were on unchecked. Like if the Flash kept getting faster and faster to the point where he was never actually standing still, he was never actually in one moment, but that also meant his focus was completely like he didn't focus on things. He was just, you know, constantly it wasn't just like a red blur like going around the city. The city was constantly surrounded by a constant red blur because he was always there. And Wonder Woman took this warrior queen mentality to a new level. Like the the vengeful, you know, goddess that she has become um, when it comes to raining down. And Batman, you know, please stay, baby. Exactly, the police state that he has created in Gotham. He sits in his bat cave with a bunch of bat robots patrolling the city, and there's no, 
you know, it's no, no, no mercy. You get it's, to see where it's they pe- go with no it's Superman. It's peace through fear. Exactly. And then also, you know, even the Green Lantern, like he is, he is now gone from being, a satellite. Yeah. He's, he's gone from being like a, you know, a defender to like a sentinel that just stays out in his, you know, his emerald space station out there by himself with his gigantic sword and armor and everything. You get to see no he looks like a boss though. The extremes that all these characters have gone to. And yet, at the same time, Superman, his extreme is back to being a farmer. Back to farmer. Yeah. Like that's super farmer, that's, really. <laughs> super farmer, gigantic metal beams. Like that's <laughs> that's like that's what he does. Like when whenever when all else fails, when he loses his way or when he it's something is wrong, he's he he grew up on a farm. He goes back to what he knows, which is tilling the land. But, but the interesting thing about that that contrasts that is that he he abandons his name as Clark and he only wants to go by Cal. And so it makes me feel that he lost his humanistic side, very similar to like um, Doctor Manhattan and Watchmen, to you know losing off his humanity to live in space. So parallels, parallels, parallels. He also doesn't wear clothes either. <laughs> Doctor Manhattan, not, not, well, not, not Superman. Doctor Manhattan, sorry, <laughs> big big blue dong. Also, they God. didn't all the other superheroes. He experienced something that made him go back to the farm yeah rather than that nobody else did yeah he experienced the loss the the battle with what is his name magog magog who just basically nukes a bunch of people magog looks like who looks like shao khan from mortal kombat a little bit yeah totally that's a good that's a good answer uh, which i liked <laughs> yeah, good answer. i also like the addition of bruce wayne how he keeps himself moving by having this huge exoskeleton that surrounds his body because after all the years of beatings that you take, it's going to show. So it, it, it was As a cool human. idea yeah. how they had that attached to him and how he's able to move with that. Looked weird, but made sense. <laughs> Not extra well either. Like he has to yeah. like pull his jacket off three steps at a time right, yeah. and use like a. But. And also the um, if we're if we're if we're talking about, you know, the yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> Kingdom Come is. It's verbatim. It's it's the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like there's no. It's it's not like oh there was some vaguely biblical. Like it's the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, it's a lot of revelations. revelations yeah, revelations. It's, it's revelations. You know, and, and he, you know they they quote the Bible of course because the specter. You know, his whole thing is that he's God's vengeful, vengeful spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the 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 parallels between it and revelations and the hero archetype that these characters fall into. Um, it really just you know. It takes a level ab- above. Like if you read Mark Wade's other stuff, it's good. It's great. I love Mark Wade, but I thought Mark Wade in this, it was nuts. And it was, you know, like twenty years or in my, it's it's like ten years before I actually learned who Mark Wade was. Right. Is when he wrote this, and it's like blew me out of the water to go back and be like, this is the stuff you wrote earlier. Also, a bunch of spicy little Easter eggs in there. Like, Easter eggs. Easter eggs. Like, he had the dude with the 666 on his face, mm-hmm. or Magog is actually a name from the Bible. He was a son of Japheth or something. Oh, um, yeah, Japheth, one of my favorites. Yeah. It's the guy who was the dad of the guy who was begotten by the guy. Um, yeah. And that other guy? That guy. It's the, the look right there. It's hardcore, the guy you're thinking of. Hardcore Bible study right now. <laughs> right. Well, okay, so Enat and Mahalalel and Methuselah and then... Japheth, obviously, and then Magog, Bel- Belphegor, and then Baphomet, Falcor, and then Atreyu, and then, and then Gozer. The never-ending story. Was anyway. Gozer the Gozerian in there? No, no. Okay. Zul was. Zul was in there. He, yeah, that's what it was. So there were a lot of little like pepper flakes in the story that were extra biblical to go along with the biblical arc. Yeah, but even just like all of it looked really um, epically 
biblical in you know they do the shadow kind of the silhouette thing where you'd have you know an angel demon handoff and it's hawkman versus you know it was really really oh everyone flying all the angels the seven angels whatever that was sick so i have like favorite parts parts. i'm about to say what's what's our what what is our actual you know strategy here drew we've just been talking favorite parts favorite scenes i I, you guys go first i think drew's quiet um mine involves the end Oh, of course it does. <laughs> oh, well, uh, go, my, my favorite is the uh, the first scene of the epilogue where um, they enter the superhero restaurant. Gulag. Uh, yes. No. No. The the restaurant, not the gulag. <laughs> oh, oh. The restaurant, and they're and they're greeted by a character that looks you know shockingly like Dean Cain, who uh, then gets them seated. That's my favorite part. Which, when this came out, the show would have been on. Yeah, uh, Dean yeah. Cain. Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark. Excuse me. Yeah, Lewis and Clark. Uh, Lewis and Clark. Uh, that's, that's the uh, Louisiana purchase. Sacagawea? I eat the most that, most that. Totally not the same thing. Oh. <laughs> you get that crowded? You get that crowded? I think. Get that crowded? Uh, most that. I eat the most that. That po' boy. <laughs> hey, Drew, what's your favorite part? I liked how they used the preacher, pastor, whatever he was, um, as a way to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And that it kind of brought the, the reader in as a character into the story broke that fourth wall that you sometimes have. It was the way for the, the writer to speak to us. It was out of space. Yep. Yeah. And we got to make, it kind of made it like we got to make the decision at the end, mm-hmm. which was the choice that the specter gave to, or the, the, the decision that the specter gave to uh, Norman McRae, where he had to be the one choosing if whoever at the end gets punished or not. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Anybody else? Mr. Burgess? Anybody read I, the um, fucking book? <laughs> <laughs> I like the... Uh, well, there's a couple. I think one of the... Um, so my favorite art panel is right after the uh, Shazam incident. Oh. Uh, when, yeah, Superman's on his knees and the smoke's going around him. I think it's probably the most iconic kind of panel of the whole book. Uh, yeah. You see it kind of everywhere. Um, my favorite... One of my favorite parts, though, is, is visiting uh, Central City where the Flash is just kind of omnipresent basically and he's just he's traveling not just through uh his city but through the different dimensions throughout his city as well and he's able to pull um norman out of his little uh, on look and pull him right into the watchtower in front of everybody and he's like uh well uh i don't know what i'm doing here (laughs) makes great looks like a little bit of a jerkwad huh yeah (laughs) it's just like i can't get to you in time for this bullet not to hit your face (laughs) But no, that was—I I thought that was uh, one of the parts. I was like, "Ooh, this is cool." Hmm. Mr. Barry, yeah, it's Dr. Barry. The Dean Kane thing was a joke, by the way. I didn't actually like that. It wasn't on my favorite no, part. No, we're, of we're going with that. That's serious now. Oh damn it! We did it to Tom last week. Uh, my yeah, actually, I, was, well, I kept going on anyways. <laughs> my my favorite part came right before Jamie's. So Jamie, Jamie, the iconic panel of when you know the the Spectre says judgment, and you see Superman just sitting there screaming. Um, but my my favorite part is that whole like three pages leading up to it, when he gives you know he tells Shazam you know Billy Batson he tells you decide the world you decide the world and he lets him go and then he starts flying you know the seven the seven thunder and then all of a sudden you hear Shazam and he grabs and he throws Superman down and then he gets the bomb and he's just Shazam 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 and explodes and it was just powerful sacrificial sacrificial very uh I'd say almost biblical. Very biblical. Nearly, very ne- nearly. Nearly, uh, in case that hasn't been brought up yet. Quasi-biblical. Ed- <laughs> Pseudo. And just refresh real quick with that with that scene. So 
yeah, refresh me on that one. Because I, I, I remember um, they're having this all-out battle. Mm-hmm. And so um, Sh- Shazam, so the thing that Su- Superman's weakness is magic. So Shazam just keeps saying Shazam, Shazam, Shazam over and over and keeps hitting him with the lightning bolts. Uh-huh. Also kryptonite. Oh, yeah, that too. Well, they, they use that to weak. Yeah. I mean, they, well, at this point, Kryptonite doesn't affect him. Not he's now, yeah. Not yeah, because he's because he's so used to it. But but yeah, Shazam just basically just keeps just beating him down yeah. and hitting him with the lightning bolts. Then uh, Soup the, grabs him by the the bang mouth, and it was great. Yeah, because basically, well, I, basically, I remember that part. But I mean, so he, Shazam so, so though says, goes up. He does. Shazam gets out of the way so he doesn't kill well, as, they as have many a, people as he would have. He right. He, he, he basically still, he he tries to. He tries to stop it, but they he realized that he can't. But Superman, gra- he grabs him the last time he says Shazam, grabs him, and the lightning bolt hits him, and he turns back to being Billy. Right. Um, and then he, you know, then that's when Billy realizes what's going on, and then they see the bomb, and then it's time, and, well, and Billy's crying. Well, I mean, Superman, <laughs> Superman kind of explains to him that he lives on both ends of the spectrum, where he is human and he is also superhuman. So he's the one that could also that can actually make the conscious decision of who gets to live, who gets to die. That's right, yeah. yeah. So it's like super intense. Powerful. Powerful. How, exactly. Bosta. I'm going to give it. Piper, your favorite? My favorite part is twofold because it's a very similar scene. The first time you ever see Superman in regalia, it's just a, it's a little chilling. You watch it, and he's he's on the farm this entire build-up. Diana talks to him, has mm-hmm. all this, the whole thing. It doesn't look like he's going to be too big a player in the story and all of a sudden he's just holding people in the sky in kind of a, a black and re- or like a really dark blue and then the black, his, S, the in black the S in the back the is more yellow yeah yep. and it was just kind of a stark image it was really cool to see and then later on in the book somehow Bruce Wayne gets to make a very similar entrance mm-hmm. which is it defies logic it's like <laughs> I made a Superman entrance in the sky which I mean, it was equally chilling I think that's one of the coolest pages too. When yeah. you see the whole, yeah, I'd like to hang that up in the, on my room. <laughs> Alex Ross, no less. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Alex Ross, my favorite part of this book. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have been the same. That's actually the next that's part good. I wanted to talk about was the art in this book. Oh, since Alex Ross is a different kind of artist that we're normally used to. That's a good segue. You know, I, I do that sometimes. It goes. Lego my segue. <laughs> I think the only, in my opinion anyways, I think the only way to really tell a story like this is to be really grand in the art style. Mm. I don't think, like, if you, if you go with something in you know, the new 52, the way that they kind of animate now, it's still bright and bold and very comic sure. But it's not, um, this is almost believable in a sense. Like, it, it just feels it like real. It really yeah. does feel like, oh my gosh, just in, you know, 100 years from now. This is actually happening on on planet Earth. It feels like yeah, just super real. Like you read I, a movie. I love Jim Lee and I love Greg Capullo, but those dudes have nothing on Alex Ross. No. Like any day of the week, no. you can't beat Alex Ross. I have my favorites, but then there is Alex Ross. Like I like Dustin Nguyen. I like Scotty Young. I like you know when people make caricatures, but pretty much comics are caricatures to me until Alex Ross, where yes. he's just like I painted you comics. Here yes. are people. Here are people. But I guess that's the thing, too, though. I mean, it's like if if you're going to say if I'm going to choose my favorite iteration of Superman, it's not going to be an Alex Ross one. I think it's the most impressive. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think it's it's the most beautiful. But I'd still probably go Jim Lee is just that's totally Superman to me in that in the comic form. Sure. Um, 
but you still, I mean, talent. I mean, talent wise, I mean, it's just there's not any match. Is the closest you can get to a human portrayal right. in a comic. But Alex Ross doesn't have a lot of breadth behind like any of that. Jim Lee's been drawing it for so long. Alex Ross has drawn this Superman. It's like a couple others. But. It's like Alex Ross gets brought in to do like a project. And to like give you like your ultimate like this is fantastic, but Jim Lee is the one who he's been working on it for so long. Like Jim Lee is your Batman. Jim Lee is the Superman that you picture. But Alex Ross is like when you want to give something depth and epicness, you bring in Alex Ross to do just a one shot on it, and you're like, holy crap! These Alex Ross Star Wars covers, all the variants, just hands because they don't want to tax him. He probably paints like mural portraits and they scale it down (laughs) to shrink it down and put it in the comic. So this was. Of epic scale, but I, I feel like while Jim Lee, like Batman, Superman, and when it comes to Shazam, mm-hmm. when I think of Shazam, I think of I think of Alex Ross. Yeah, I think of that. You know, him standing there with the big smile, with his hands on his, his face, like grin. that's that's my Shazam. That doofy is terrifying. Yeah, Jeez. <laughs> especially when he's under control of Lex Luthor. Oh. Man, Tom, did, did we skip Tom's favorite part? Yeah, I was about to yeah, say, Tom, what was your favorite part? <laughs> it's okay. It's it's making up for last time since I went Who's over. Who's Tom? Andrew's oh, that guy in the iPad. Oh, there's a man in there. <laughs> there's a man in yeah. the TV. The future, dude. He's um, in the computer. It's so simple. So I think I have, like, you guys pretty much said, like, all the very significant and, I guess, favorite parts. But I guess good parts that the one will make. Oh, yeah. The Tom and uh, the hook. Tom, come, you come back. Through, uh, hey, come back there. Through a tunnel, Tom? Come back there, Tom. Yeah, you're back. No, I didn't. Am I still here? What's okay, now you're, back. you're oh, back. Yeah, now you're back. You're breaking up. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. Uh, I was just. I was, I was training for my voice acting lessons. I don't know. But anyway. You were doing terribly. Um, Keep with the directing. Oh, sorry. Anyways, uh, was the part where the Spectre has that meeting with the Owen and the uh, High Father from New Genesis? Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. I, li- I really like that. And then, I guess, with the whole New Genesis and Apocalypse is where you see Orion on Apocalypse. And it's kind of like it gives you this foreshadowing. Okay, I see eyes looking around. Am I messed up still? No, no, no you're, you're good. good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, this foreshadowing kind of thing where like no one can really escape their destiny or their fate, um, and how Orion, even though no matter what he fought against his father to like be good and all that stuff, he still ends up being the ruler of Apocalypse. And like no matter what, even though you become the ruler, like you'll never have people under fully control. And it's just it was a very morbid message, but I mean it was really cool to see how Superman has to deal with all these different types of stimuli from batman and you know everyone else like that and i feel like it just overall to me it was more of a superman story if anything yeah Yeah. and to piggyback you on that one it was um kind of depressing in a way to see such powerful figures just resign themselves to inevitability or to their fate you want you want to talk about it was it was amazing because it made them more humanistic you know like instead of these like these gods these titan idyllic people they made them like humans where they falter and they they shatter among like under the pressure of being like this world leader it's, I don't know, it was like really beautiful. Well, the, the morbid, beautiful. the, the morbid, uh, ness, I guess comes, you know, when he meets Boston brand, dead mm-hmm. man, and he's super dead. He's just, he's just a skeleton. And he's just like, Oh, Boston brand. Like, <laughs> and he's like, meets it. They're like, Oh, look, here you are. Normally doing your thing. Like in the, in the spaces in between being dead, but you're a skeleton now right. because you're super dead. <laughs> you're like, super dead. <laughs> it's been like 40 years. Yeah. You want to talk, know? you want to talk about fate. You want to talk about not being able to escape it. Look at Boston brand. Sure. Even Ghost Sage, man. Poor Boston brand. I mean, yeah, yeah, the Spectre looked old. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spectre was pretty... The Spectre was... Um, he's pretty uh, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like he also, like, this, he, he become the extreme. It's like rather, rather than just... Rather than kind of being a hero in the way the Spectre kind of is sometimes, he was just like this, like, 
he was like Old Testament style, like judgment. Like it was, it was like black and white. He like, lost his compassion. Yes. The, it was very much like this or this. And he was very indecisive anchor for like, he was, he was like, I am he the anchor of a higher decision. power. And now you just like, I, I'm, you're my guy. <laughs> now you, so. now you random Irish guy. Now you get to be my anchor. Cause you know, whatever. No responsibility. <laughs> bringing, bringing back, uh, like the artwork. I thought like so like the first few pages when they introduced the Spectre was like super amazing because when you see his face like I don't know at least for me when I was first time reading I was just like you see this little speck in his eye and you see it's like it's not fully a white speck and you actually there's another part where you can get closer into it and it's like it's a it's a skull yeah. it's a human skull and it's his eyes I was like that was like such like I, like detail into that was like amazing so it's less meaningful than you think he was just looking at boston brand <laughs> <laughs> he's just like hey man what are you doing hey, it's gonna boston brand woo. Uh, so boston art became, uh, my, my favorite my favorite, favorite part? part oh we skipped you too yeah god damn drew <laughs> uh i will simply call it the bromance uh it's at the end things are things are well we find out uh, that Superman, I can't even talk. Cal and Diana are together, and they meet Bruce at a diner. Thing, they're talking. This is a spoiler, by the way. They're talking, and uh, we find out. Statute of limitations. That, yeah, that Cal <laughs> and Diana are going to have a child. Oh. Uh, are you flimped right now? Are you? <laughs> because Cal turns to Bruce and says they want him to be the godfather. Actually, I think Wonder Woman is the one that asks. Whatever. Okay, maybe it was her. And Bruce goes, <laughs> on this, the day of my yes. daughter's wedding. <laughs> there's a hug. There's their friends. They're pals. It's a side hug. It's like, yeah. I'm, it's, a, you know, it's a bro side hug. There's still the ego there, but love as well. It's guy love. It's guy love. Actually, it was my two favorites growing up, so and, it was nice to see. Android Notepad has a thing from that. Oh. And it was Clark and Diana tell Bruce that there is much Batman can teach their child not bruce which i thought was really like possibly telling it's bruce just is like, gone batman yeah we don't we don't want you to be bruce yeah just be batman all the time it's just like you know what we've got this world back and imagine imagine that kid though i feel he's, like you could teach him to be a sneaky little bastard well, I mean, he's, you know, he's got the, he's superman <laughs> and wonder woman are his parents mm-hmm. the I mean, two greatest and then he's trained the, by batman and he's trained by batman can we make a story about this kid i'll write it i'll start <clears throat> You learn about 4K, how to take over the stock market. Rich oh, so he goes bad. Oh, <laughs> you can use your powers for good. Same. <laughs> that, that, was, that was my the bromance. I had to say it. Mm. To contradict the bromance. About... What now, Tom? <laughs> Let's go with what you want to talk about because apparently I skipped you earlier. Because all the things that I really wasn't paying attention. Aquaman, though. What about him? Momo was in there. I don't know. It was pretty sick how he his little statement in there and how it has like later consequences. Hey, you're breaking up again. We're gonna have to hit the uh, we're gonna have to end this call, bud. What's going on? You're breaking up seriously. I'm not I'm trying to give you a hard time. But, uh, I know. Am I still breaking out? <laughs> yeah, you're back. I mean, I got a pimple right here, but Drew, you're gonna contradict the bromance. Nope. What about Aquaman? <laughs> we heard nothing. We heard Aquaman. That was it. Okay, Aquaman. I think it's a little topical. I mean, since last, uh, last podcast, we talked a little bit about how the reveal of Aquaman and uh, the Aquaman they had in this uh, comic, uh, this book, uh, resembled that way, where it's like a huge, sad, weird-looking dude, and he's just kind of like this Mike King. 
Yeah, I got no I idea what you're saying right now, dude. No idea what you're saying. We heard Aquaman. Let's skip Viking. That's as good as my English has gotten since I've been down here. That last part was pretty good. Well, Aquaman now resembles the Snyder-looking version of Aquaman. That's what I was saying. And it would be—it's pretty cool. I mean, it's just I guess comic viewer or comic reader and viewers like imagination where this can lead to consequences of later on. I, I would just like to point out that the only way he looks like Jason Momoa is because he has long hair. That's it. I mean, yeah. other than that, he's just—he looks like Oliver Queen. He's just an old white dude. Yeah, he's kind of wider than—he's not quite Polynesian in that picture. Yeah, he's no, he—he's yeah. he, just like—he's pasty. No, you know that is that was based on the actor who plays the uh, the old security system in the Comcast commercials. That's who it is. The, the, uh, the knight who comes in like, my lord, I have traveled many a week to tell you that nothing is wrong. That's, That's him. what he's from. That's what he's from. Diabetes. <laughs> so, uh, look, co- contradict the bromance. I did like for me, how Drew. he said like how he has like seventy five percent of the world to worry about, while the rest of the JLA have to worry about the land walkers. Land dwellers. I know it's pretty cool. It's just like this kind of like this king like dude who's just like, no, I'm not doing any affairs like anymore. I don't like like you call me Aquaman anymore either. Like I don't know, it's, it was pretty cool. I like the the characterization nice. for a lot of people there. Nice, Drew. Yeah, Tell Drew, us more, Tom. Let's go on. No, God damn it, Tom. <laughs> Drew, go on, go on, Drew. I, I was trying to segue to uh, Batman or Superman. <gasps> Because that's coming up next year, where yep. we see them throw down. They kind of threw down this time. Oh, indeed. They had the, their two different factions. Mm-hmm. Intellectual throwdown. Mm-hmm. That was a very big intellectual throwdown. It was. Yeah, my cave. <laughs> I'm, I have no purpose. <laughs> Although that was interesting to say. Well, no, 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 because he's done this before, where he just jumps from orbit into his cave, like. Guess what? I'm here. Yes. We need to talk. And he's just like, I told you knock before. And he's like, I don't do that. Which is like, and I and I want and I will stand by that without preparation. I know everyone says, well, you know, Batman's got a contingency for everybody. Without preparation, if sure. Superman just decided at the drop of a hat, I'm gonna kill Batman, he would do it. But he won't. Exactly. I'm. That's not the point, though. <laughs> yeah, we know he won't. But he could. Also, Bruce has a kryptonite blood transfusion. So. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. So when he breaks him open and he starts bleeding on him, Superman will be like, "Oh, I'm weaker now. It's gonna. I suck. already broke you in half <laughs> a lot." Oh, and, and he's also a magician. <laughs> <laughs> now you see me. Now you don't. Nth metal, baby. Nth metal. Go. I, I have a question. Yes. Why did Diana never answer for her murder in this? Silence. <laughs> you mean the many murders that happened during the? She plunged her sword through a dude's chest, and then nobody brought it up again. <laughs> well, it was it was it was the conclusion of a dark time. It, it's, yeah, it's, we're chalking it up to like hey, it's it always okay. darkest no, before that was, the dawn. Uh, that was 1968. We <laughs> don't talk about that. Don't. It's uh, <laughs> there. They, there was an agreement. We're just not gonna bring that part up again because uh, Diana got a little crazy earlier. She threw a trident at a guy. Like they were all yelling about like we don't care. That really escalated that really quickly. Escalated. Diana. <laughs> Killed a guy. She plunged a sword through his chest. She stabbed him in the back. Diana, if you know somebody, I <laughs> may lay low for a while. If you have an island that you could go to, I you know, just for a little bit. That guy's family's gonna be a little upset. Well, I think technically speaking, no one's gonna bring it up because she could technically kill everybody, right? She hasn't aged. She still has the one weapon that could like harm Superman. Still looking good. It's true. Well, he could still just toss her out into orbit. <laughs> he said Jamie. Al after a paper cut of her sword, I'm just saying. I know, but he just grabs and throws. 
James Earl. Well, now wait a minute. Come on now, guys. It's got the S in the chest. <laughs> it means hope. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up our discussion on Kingdom Come. You should check it out. Yeah, set the vote. Yeah, read yeah. it. Yeah, oh, cool. Definitely read it before you watch Anniversary Man. Cool. Or don't. Definitely, no, or read, don't. It, read it before you watch the movie, Kingdom Come. Definitely. Good, you know, <laughs> even though they're not related at all. A, well, I would say I would hope that they would pull more from Kingdom Come than they would from the mess of Dark a Night Dark Knight Returns. I meant Kingdom Come, the movie, stupid. <laughs> now, let me just add one quick thing onto there. How would you like that, though? Justice League Part 1 be its thing, and then Justice League Part 2, 30 Kingdom. years into the future, Kingdom Come, Dang. would be awesome. Oh, my God. Good night. Henry Cavill's gray hair. <laughs> Cavill. Cavill, sorry. Lord Henry Cavill. So next time. <laughs> What's the next segment, Drew? Oh, that's it for the night. We're, oh, we're done. Shit. I'm talking about our next episode. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Uh, it's going to be Crusader versus Crusader versus Crusader. Ding, ding, ding. Crusader's yes. clash. This is uh, the Jamie Burgess's idea. We're going to have oh, a little yeah. uh, discussion. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Debate. We record on Tuesdays. Monster Truck Rally. Cage match. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. For the belt. The Azorian list versus the Kryptonian list. Free you, jabroni. TLC. I am Drew McClintic at DrewJMC. The Azorian one, Anthony Steves, live this Sunday. But we're not going to be there. <laughs> oh. Tom. Uh, this is Tom at Tall Dark Not Ugly on everything, everything, everything. Everything. I got Echo now. Justin Piper at that Mad Piper on Twitter, the Mad Piper on everything else. Savage Titan, <laughs> and yes. the Savage Titan. Check that dude out. He's pointing at stuff around town. He's, he's a fun little guy. No, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, David Barry at Dr. Barry on varying social medias. <laughs> we also have uh, Curtis Fisher at Calm Down Warning at Existential Romeo Montague, and this is your Kryptonian. <laughs> I, I, I fucked that up. <laughs> well, I actually, was, hold on. Every every be... intro and outro by Jamie starts with, ah, I fucked that up. <laughs> I thought I was. I forgot I was supposed to be doing the outro. And this is, uh, ladies me. and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure being in your in your ears this evening. <laughs> Did you just jazz? Is just that what just tonight, guys. <laughs> it's been nice jazzing in your ears this evening. Yeah. This is the Kryptonian one, the Jamie Burgess. Have a wonderful.